This is the Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Professionalism, that's what we're all about here. Timing and succinct and perfect speech. Uh, a giant jerry can of expert journalism poured into petrol bonds and hurled through the window of amateurism. My name is Vinnie White. Good evening. I'm with you for the next hour, live and direct from Tanny. And uh, you can text the show on 71010. Get involved. Why don't you? A uh, big shout out to the man that scooped me up off the pavement this week. Big shouts. Had a weird week this week. I was on my bicycle. And because I'm a cool hipster type dude. Sorry, hipster type dude. Sorry, dude. And um, yeah, I had to get something. I work, it's a bit bit of a sideline, but I'll tell you, I work for a company called MrPhotoCanvas.com. Oh, did I say it on air? And MrPhotoCanvas.com makes canvas prints, right? And um, so this week I needed to make a canvas print, but I had a particular difficult size and I was one stretcher bar short. The stretcher bars are the things you slot together. It's like big Lego and then you wrap a canvas print around it, send it out the door and the customers love you forever, right? So I had to go to an art store on Queen Street, Curry's, for all your artist needs. And um, I went down there on my bicycle, and I don't know why, but when I bought it, this one single solitary 30-inch wooden bar, I thought, oh, that's probably going to be fine on my uh, on my front handlebars as I ride back. Can you see where it's going? So... I start riding down the road, and I remember thinking, you know what, if I were to hit a big bump, that thing could shoot straight into the front wheel, and I'd be straight over. Best not hit a bump. At least there's absolutely, at this time of the year, no chance of me hitting a pothole. And I remember thinking that. You'd think at that point that you'd think, oh, I'll, I'll pull over. It's like, you know, you know like when you're, when you're pouring hot water or something, and you think, oh, I could spill that. But then you just, I don't know, pour it over your hand. That's what I did, basically. Because I, I sort of knew that it was going to happen. So I'm absolutely only myself to blame for this, by the way. So I'm riding along, and I hit the inevitable pothole. And I'm like, oh, that's a big and big old, like, chasm this was. And the wooden bar that is hanging from in a bag from my front handle bar uh, goes into the wheel on Queen Street during rush hour. Probably about, I think it's 5.30 on Wednesday pothole the size of a small volcano and all I can remember after that is just being inside a bicycle with limbs in and out weaving in places that I didn't know that you could thread a body through a bicycle and I had a helmet on which by the way I hate to sound like an old man but they're really good ideas like proper good ideas yes you look like an absolute douche nozzle but take it from me well worth it because my head took a bit of a clonk, and I, I don't know what happened next, because I was a bit sparko. But the next thing, I think it might have been 30 seconds, maybe a minute later, and a man appeared. I don't know if he got out of a car. I don't know if he was walking. I don't know if he was a fellow cyclist. I don't know. But a man appeared, and I sort of had this blurred vision of him looking down at me. And I was like, am I, am I wearing a bicycle? I think I am. I think I... I wonder where I... 
oh, I think I might be on Queen Street because I remember being on Queen Street today. And at this point, I heard this, hey, man, oh, my God, are you okay? And I thought, I know, sarcasm's a good idea now. So I said, um, just getting over a cold, but, you know, why did I say that? I guess you mustn't have been that hurt or you're brilliant because that's a good one. <laughs> Let's go for the latter. <laughs> that's Pat, the producer. By Thinking under pressure. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And he laughed. And I must have given him, like, from the fact that I was a sarcastic idiot, I must have given him the impression that I was fine. But I actually wasn't fine. I was wearing a leather jacket, which took a massive amount of the brunt, so I didn't lacerate my skin. But I'd gone right over the handlebars, like proper evil Knievel type thing. And um, so he goes, man, you've got to get off the street. You're right in the middle of the road. And that wasn't entirely true. I was in the middle of one of the lanes of Queen Street. So traffic was going around me. But admittedly, it's not the best place for a nap. So I accept that. But I, I just didn't want to move. Because I was like, I think shock kicks in in about a minute. I'll be tickety-boo then. But right now, I need some of that adrenaline sharpish. So I just sort of went, oh, you know what? I'm all right. Can I have a minute? And he goes, man, you can't stay here. That's crazy. So then a female cyclist, we're in a team, man. You've got to look after each other in this world. If I was in my car, would I drive straight on bike because I'd be in the car club. But when I'm on a bike, that's a brother down. Stupid, aren't we, humans? Anyway, so she stops, and she's like, oh, don't worry, it happens to me all the time. So, And then I, I sort of start getting up, and I realise it is an absolute yard sale. I've got my wallet over there. My, I've got gloves. I wasn't even wearing gloves. They've come out of my bag. I don't know how that happened. I'm like, they look familiar. They're over there. Keys are over there. Bag's over there. That was on me, so that's come off. The wooden bar, the bastard, that's split. And then the police come, and they're like, you're all right. Great. Yeah. I always hang out here, mate. It's hard to get 40 winks anywhere else, isn't it? Now, bless them, they're only being nice. And they said, right, you have to get off the road. At this point, I'm like trying to get all my belongings. Now there's some more people. I think there's about five people in the end, all grabbing stuff. One guy grabbed my wallet. I'm like, really? Is he? And then he brought it back. Toronto was came together beautifully. The police said, uh, are you okay? I said, yeah, actually. Because after that, like when the when the shot kicks in, it's good, isn't it? We've got a natural system for dealing with this stuff. And so, um, yeah, so I went back to my art studio where I make these things with a split bar, right? And uh, I walked my bicycle and I had a very hot cup of tea because I'm British and that's what we do in any tragedy. North Korea invading, cup of tea should fix it. Yeah, and then I thought, oh, you know what? I'll make the art. Like this, this the bar that I went to get to sort of bore you with the details of this, was a stabilising bar that fits up the back of art. So it's not actually that essential. It's not like the frame itself. It's a support bar. So I, I made, well, I got my colleague to make the art. I wasn't in the mood for working at that point. And uh, she did it, did a great job as always. At mrphotocanvas.com. Did you get that, Pat? Was the mrphotocanvas.com? <laughs> it's getting embarrassing, isn't it? Anyway, so, um, yeah, made it, right? Anyway, long story short, a few days later was yesterday. And in come the couple to pick up their beautiful cottage picture, which they've taken and they've blown it up. And they now don't have to miss the cottage because when they're in the city, they can look at their picture of the cottage and dream about summer. It's quite a common thing we do. And they're very happy with it. And I, I swipe their credit card for an unbelievably low price. And um, I said, actually, I have to tell you, your art nearly killed me. And I told them the whole story that I've just told you about this stretcher bar getting stuck in the wheel. And they went, oh, really? Still, it looks good, though, doesn't it? 
Yes. I mean, yeah. It looks fine, mate. I just sort of, you know... Really? OK, yeah, enjoy that. Uh, tech so far on 71010, did you have a bike helmet on? Yeah, I said I did. Yeah, I did. And, and I'm not joking, it was really, really beneficial because my head did take a clonk. And I have slept a lot. Is that what happens when you get concussed? Do you sleep a lot afterwards? Well, you, if you, I'm pretty sure if you uh, have a concussion, you go to sleep, you could die. Oh. I don't think you sleep more. I think you get s- sort of dizzy and tired and you go to sleep and you could have a serious problem. They tell you to stay awake. How do I know that I'm not dead and this is heaven? Because, you know, you look pretty good. I've always wanted a job on the radio. I'm in reasonable health. Maybe this is it. Could be. Is there any way... Can you text in and let me know if this is heaven or not? Um, text your thoughts to 71010. It might be. The Leafs are up. How are they doing? One, no- uh, one nothing. It's not heaven, is it? I mean, it is for some, I suppose. You only need the one to win. <laughs> You're so shallow. Your definition of heaven is when the Leafs win. I don't even particularly like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. We're all going to hell. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, uh, News Talk 1010. You'd think I'd remember when that man stopped speaking. News Talk 1010. Speak. Um, I asked you to text in on 71010 and tell me, is this heaven? Because I had a bit of an accident this week, and I'm not sure if I might be dead, and this might be the other side. So do text in, let me know. Someone says, uh, shock has you sleeping a lot more. You're alive and you're officially a new Canadian and your tax return is probably complete. Uh, you're right on many of those, but not all of those. Uh, someone else said, uh, good job you had a bike helmet on. I, I, I had a spill slash fail once as well, and I think it saved my life. Yeah. One of the girls that was helping me out was Australian. She's one of the people that scooped me up from Queen Street when I was entangled in a bicycle. And she said, um, in my part of Australia, they're the law. You get a $250 fine for not wearing a bicycle helmet. So, you know, but then, you know, is that the beginning of wrapping yourself in bubble wrap before you go out? Oh, it's a slippery slope. Anyway, I'd advise you to wear one. And if you don't, you'll find out why. It's a bad idea. Is Bill O'Reilly the new Cosby? Uh, About $13 million has been paid out. Do you know what? I'm just going to rerun this because it's just occurred to me that since I've started this show, I haven't told you what's coming up. And that's terribly unprofessional. But I have a good excuse. I've got a wobbly head. Later on in the show, Amanda Capito joins us live from New York. Pat the producer chats to us about stuff and things. We talk about Trump, but don't let that tune you out. I know it's depressing, but we'll make it light-ish. And uh, now we look at Bill O'Reilly. Professional. Okay, is Bill O'Reilly the new Cosby? About $13 million has been paid out over the years to address complaints from women about Mr O'Reilly's naughty, wobbly hands and his his, uh, questionable behaviour. Uh, He denies that the claims have merit. Turns out Fox's culturally influential ratings leader, like it or lump it, it is the ratings leader, was absolutely not too big to fail. A sexual harassment scandal, Bill O'Reilly said it was uh, tremendously disheartening to lose his job, the O'Reilly factor, over, quote, completely unfounded claims. Completely unfounded claims that I spent $13 million shutting people up about. 
or the, the company did. Uh, still, it's not as if he walked away empty-handed. Uh, he's got loads and loads and loads and loads of money. There wasn't a clear consensus on the uh, on the right about what the departure would mean for conservative media, but on the left, celebrities had no sympathy. Um, we'll see what happens. He hired a guy called Mark Fabiani. He's the guy that once served as special counsel and legal spokesman for Bill Clinton after Bill Clinton put a cigar in a place that wasn't an ashtray. Um, and I actually thought when he hired that guy, I thought he was going to get away with this. I think a lot of people thought he was going to get away with it. Uh, but the O'Reilly Factor has been a top-rated programme in cable news for the past 15 years. Uh, that sentence alone should be enough to make you catapult your television into the path of Rupert Murdoch's Bentley. I remember before I moved to North America, I actually saw a clip of it on British television, at the O'Reilly Factor, because it's been going that long, hasn't it? I honestly, genuinely thought it was a comedy parody show. I've never seen that. Like, I grew up with the BBC, and I'm not saying it's the bastion of civilization and we get everything right, but we do listen to the people we interview. Like, when did that stop happening? I'm joined here by Mr. Someone or other. What do you think? Ah, I don't want to hear your left-wing propaganda. Get out! That's basically O'Reilly. What job can he do next? US president, there's always that. So um, we need to organise a advert now here on News Talk 1010 uh, to get the Bill O'Reilly replacement. So I've got one organised. Uh, perhaps you could organise a bit of music for us, Pat. Bill O'Reilly replacement needed. Old white male with ability to shout needed. Are you the guy we're looking for? Would you like to be on the TV and the biggest cable news channel in the whole of America? Then step right up and mirror the anti-immigrant capitalist views of a sexual predator that has been protected by the company he works for by paying off women that he threw himself upon. Are you the Fox News guy that we need? Your duties in the Shoutathon will include relentlessly mentioning the whiny liberal media that has taken over the USA, but simultaneously brag about how popular Fox ratings are. Shout all over your guests with the aggression of a bull that's just got his penis caught in a sausage maker. Act as if you've just discovered that your wife is cheating on every single person in the USA that doesn't have white skin. Must have ties to Breitbart or the Trump family slash administration, is there any bloody difference? A personal fortune and the ability to evade criminal charges. We will only cover the first $13 million. Enjoy country music and nonsense patriotism. This may involve pretending to be religious. Must play to the Fox narrative of fear, fear, a bit more fear, top with fear, sprinkled with fear and then put to bed on a bed of fear. Would suit rich gun shop owner from Alabama. Must be loud. Ideally learn to whisper in a helicopter. Fans of high walls and fear of diversity encouraged. Men only. Thoughts? Not bad. It's not often I prepare something for this show, mate. The only thing I don't like you lumping in capitalism with sexual assault. Two very different things. (laughs) Hang on. I'll rerun it. Must be a fan of the new wave of capitalism that's completely unfair. Crony capitalism, bingo. there you go. I'm not against capitalism per se, otherwise I'd do this show for free. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, someone else says uh, on 71010, it'll probably be Sean Spicer's replacement. Yes, I know. Oh, my God. How is Spicer still going? It is absolutely amazing, isn't it?
Well, let's, let's talk about that, actually, for a minute. White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer. A man with a job so awful it makes employment as a septic tank cleaner look pretty good. Actually, in a way, he is a bit like a septic tank cleaner, isn't he? He filters bullshit that's been passed down from above. It's, it's pretty similar. Anyway, he got grilled by the White House reporters on Wednesday about the Trump administration offering misleading claims about whether it was sending an aircraft carrier to the Sea of Japan as, signal to, as a signal to North Korea. Yeah, although Spicer said last week that the carrier would serve as a huge deterrence to North Korea, the New York Times reported on Tuesday that the USS Carl Vinson, that he said was on its way to North Korea, was actually sailing in the opposite direction, towards the Indian Ocean. Misplacing an aircraft carrier is, is actually quite a good week for him, though, isn't it? Let's be honest. When it comes after the week where you denied uh, that Hitler had chemical weapons and you called Auschwitz and similar concentration camps Holocaust centres, mis misplacing an aircraft carrier is no problem. Uh, if you want to listen to the pain and suffering that is a man who somehow is paid to speak, trying to get his way out of this, here's just a tiny clip of him saying why he accidentally said the wrong thing about the boat going to North Korea when it actually wasn't going to North Korea. It's quite painful. Hold on to something. No, but, well, respectfully, Jessica, I would ask you to, to um, either touch base with PACOM or the Department of Defense. The, the statement that was put out was that the Carl Vinson Group was headed to the Korean Peninsula. It is headed to the Korean Peninsula. Um, it'll arrive there. It's headed there now, What's that? It's headed there now. It wasn't headed there Sure, last no, no, week. but that's not... But that's not what we ever said. We said that it was heading there, and it was heading there. It is heading there. Um, so that that remains... Have that allies have? I, but that's... that's I, if there's an impression, um, then I, that's not... Then there should have been clarification from people who were seeking it. But, I mean, PACOM put out a release talking about what its ultimate destination was going to be, um, and that's where it ended up. Caitlin. Well, why did the administration never clarify? Because it definitely... The intent in media reports was that it was headed there now... And now it's but, but that wasn't, later. with all due respect, that's not my, we were asked a question. I know, no, 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 that's not true. What I was asked was what, what signal did it send that it was going there? And I answered that question correctly at the time, that it signaled foreign presence, um, strength, and a reassurance to our allies. That's a true statement. Um, you're asking me why you didn't know better. I, I don't know. That's a question that should have been followed up with either PACOM or, or the Department of Defense. But the question, the only question that we were asked was what signal it sends. And I think we answered that very correctly at the time. I think it was a little misleading. No one found out about it until a picture was posted on a page. What do you mean? What, what part is misleading? I'm trying to figure that out. We were asked a question. Misleading is that people thought it was headed there now, and now it's going to be there weeks later. They thought it was already headed there. I, 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 but again, that's the, I, I understand the question, it. right? But what I'm getting at is um, it, it, it was announced that it was going. It will be there. Um, we were asked simply a question on that. I think all other questions should be asked of the Department of Defense. John. Drowning, drowning, drowning. Every week I'm drowning. But what I'm getting at is... Um, it, it, it. I wonder what his inner, inner monologue is. You know, when, you know when those questions come to him. Um, it, it, it. Oh no, she did it! I didn't think they were going to do this one. Oh God! Am I talking? Is my mouth moving? Um, it, it, it. Is stuff coming out? I think I'll just mention Holocaust centres. You know, what's going on in that little brain box? 
Just so we're very clear on this, he said a ship's going near North Korea. We're sending them now. It was going in the opposite direction. They said, but you said that it was going to North Korea. And he said, well, it sort of was, really. It's just sort of going the long way around. I mean, it is going there. It just wasn't going there then, even though I said it was. It's like a guy saying to his wife, hello, love, I'm sorry I didn't make up dinner. I worked late and I had to drive home. Admittedly, I did tell you that I wasn't going to the pub, but I only had 16 pints and I'm only seven hours late. Now, at the end of the day, if you want to get specific, I did say to you on the phone that I was coming home. I may have not mentioned that I was going to get incredibly drunk and have sex with all those women, but I'm here now, damn it, and I want that casserole. With a pinch of salt. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. If you like this stuff, you can download it and walk about with it in your ears as much as you like. Vinnywhite.co.uk. It's a weird spelling. Google it. Vinnywhite.co.uk. And you can subscribe to the podcast. And you'll hear me and my informative, razor-sharp journalism, um, which... uh, I, I don't actually do that, but you'll, you'll, you know, you can sort of invent your own as I talk about uh, raccoons and things. Anyway, um, also every week we have someone called Amanda Capito. She's usually in the studio, but she's, I, I mean, I don't want to speak badly about her, but she's got a little bit for her book, boots recently. One week she's in England, now she's in bloody New York. I mean, Barry, big bananas. Let's see if we can get her on the phone and find out why she's such a, what is she, a drug dealer? I don't know. What's she doing down there? Hello, Amanda. Hi. I'm offended that you're calling me a drug dealer on the air, just saying. (laughs) I was just heavily implying it. (laughs) Uh, What are you doing down there? Um, I'm here for work. Believe it or not, I have a day job. Oh, is this um, that charity thing that you're always saying that you're doing? Yes. Yeah. So I work for World Vision, and we have an event on Monday in New York, so I'm here. Ah. And how is it down in New York? Well, it's it's a little. You might hear some honking. I'm actually just like on the side of a street in in New York right now. Well, but girls got to make a living because I got you. Know, stop it! All of these horrible accusations. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, usually you're very complimentary off the top, but but today no. Yeah. Um, but I'm out because the Toronto Maple Leafs are playing a hockey game right now, which I know. You don't really care about, but also you know that I don't bring up sports unless it's really important. Yeah, and but you say that every week. You say oh, I don't bring up sports unless it's really important. <laughs> Let's look at the Leafs, and then the next week you go, but this one though, <laughs> this one of the seven they're playing this week in the competition no, that lasts really from winter important. to the middle of June. This one really matters. <laughs> it's a different team now. It's, it's it's hockey right now. I never talked about the Leafs their whole season. Yeah, because their season didn't matter. But right now, if they lose right now then they're out of the playoffs. When I started so, this show, right, it was... one and there's like two minutes left of the game. So I'm literally watching it through... Like, I'm in a sports bar, but I've stepped out and I'm watching it through the window as we speak right now. Oh, I see. So, yeah, because it was they, when I started well, the show... In New York, it... keep in mind, they don't care about hockey in New York, so I've, like, made them change the channels to be on the Leafs game. Oh, you're so <laughs> Canadian. They put me in a corner and they changed one TV just for me. <laughs> I'm just sitting here by myself in a corner watching the Leafs game and, like, cheering along. Bless and them. no one knows who this girl is. Your mission is so much bigger than to spread the word of hockey. First of all, you need to let them know that Canada exists. 
up one. And then you need to tell them that you don't live in an igloo. It's going to be a really long and painful battle, buddy. Um, all right, well, since you've I got know. your eye on it, um, can you give us an update? Because none of our screens have got it on. I know it's 1-1, but if it's, it's going to... It's 1-1. Win... There's like, there's like, I'm trying to see the exact time. It's just like um, maybe two minutes left. Pat, like the producer. Just down to the last minute. It's going to go to overtime. It's looking like it's going to go to overtime. Go on, Pat. Well, I can confirm so... all of that. Yeah. You're listening to uh, TSN, where we uh, where sports matters. And uh, I'm absolutely well, fascinated. It matters a little bit. Come on. Come I th- on. You know what? I wish I'd, I thought it did, but I don't. I really don't. I mean, don't get me wrong. When you see a father and a son playing football and they're wearing the jerseys and then they go to the game and they have a bit of bonding time and then as they grow up, they have a little battle and a skirmish about the different teams. That's all lovely. But does it really you're matter? Like your grandfather. You're like, oh, sorry, this motorcycle's behind me. You're talking like it's the... Uh... Some sort of petty little game. This is, these are grown men that we're watching play. So? There's grown men that are running the White House, and they're idiots. <laughs> and we follow and watch them, too. You know? It's yeah, I see a point, yeah. Anywho, it's all good, I suppose. If you're into it, it makes you happy. It doesn't matter that you're not hurting anyone. But can I talk to you about a news story? Yeah, sure. 12-year-old drives across Australia 800 miles before the police stop him. Yeah. He made it a long way. Good for him. 12 years old he was. All right. He's a 12-year-old boy. Attempted to drive across the whole of Australia, which I don't know what that is, but I do know that it would take, according to Google Maps, non-stop. If you couldn't stop and you were going the speed limit, it would take 45 hours. So let's assume that he would occasionally have a break. It would probably take him well over a week. And um, having done part of that journey, I can also say he might well die of boredom, the particular southern bit on the way to Perth. (laughs) Have you ever been to Australia? No, I, I want to go. It's high up on my list. Yeah, it's a bit like Canada. It would benefit from just being shrunk a bit. Yeah, but they don't have maple syrup and they have, like, weird animals, apparently. Brilliant. That's the, the best description of Australia ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, is that true? You, I, think that's, I think that sums it up. Yeah. You, did you not get to A in the encyclopedia? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being very cruel to you today. It's easier when you're not in front of me. You're so worryingly large and looming in my face that I feel that the microphone and telephone line. Oh God! Large and looming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's gone wrong again. You always get this in, don't you? You know what? I'm not even there, and you're calling me fat. Every time, every time. (laughs) I meant your personality and charisma. Okay, sure. That's what they all say. Uh, let's move on swiftly to the rest of this here news story. Authorities from Broken Hill Highway <laughs> Patrol stopped the boy at around 11 o'clock on uh, yesterday uh, morning, actually. He'd been driving all night. Checks revealed the driver was 12 years old. He was travelling from basically around the Sydney area all the way across the country to Perth. Uh, the boy was pulled over when Highway Patrol officers noticed that his vehicle's bumper was dragging across the ground. He'd already had a small accident, it seems. The boy was arrested and taken to the police station. Uh, it's unclear why he wanted to travel across Australia, but he said, I'm going to have another go at it soon. So, ambitious little fella. Good for him. Yeah. Total trip so time. Wait, well, why, why did he do it? He didn't really, there was no real reason? No, he didn't really give a reason, mate. No. No. I think well, it's like, I did, I did a really crap version when, it, when I was uh, about 17. I said to myself, I said, oh, there's a whole world up there. I'm going to go to college soon. But first, it's summer and it's time to experience the world. And um, I booked a trip to Turkey 
And this was when I lived in England, so it's a pretty easy thing to do. And I went to Turkey, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to work in a bar. It's going to be fantastic. Here we go. And they're like, uh, yeah, you're not going to work in a bar because this is not part of the EU, and also you don't have a work visa. And, I, and they said, but what you can do, because you're in the south part of Turkey, you could get a boat over to Rhodes, a Greek island. And I was like, yeah, I'll be a barman in Rhodes. Here we go. So I got a boat over, got a job in a bar, lasted two hours, got a bit lonely and came home. <laughs> so what you're saying is that like, the kid essentially made it further than you did. Yeah, a, a boy that was five long. years younger has proved more ambition <laughs> than my pathetic attempt at a new life. <laughs> Okay, I'm glad we just really mapped that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I put you down enough. It was about time I put myself down. So tell me what's going on down there. You sound like, Amanda, and I'm going to be very fatherly about this. Have you been smoking cigarettes? Because I can hear a little cough in your voice. No, I haven't. I'm just, like, outside without a jacket. And I've just been trying to embrace the warm weather, but maybe it's not. I'm not ready for it yet. Like, it's not actually that warm, but I've just been wearing, like capri pants and running shoes and hoping but, well if know, they didn't know the, spring, if they but... didn't know you were canadian by constantly talking about maple syrup watching a sport they don't understand <laughs> now they certainly do as you stand outside <laughs> bracing in the cool With wind no jacket i'm in a floral shirt i'm literally in a floral shirt and little and little runners like are you in a floral shirt or are you literally summer. in a floral shirt I am literally in a floral shirt. The shirt I am wearing is floral. If you're literally in a floral <laughs> shirt, does that mean that your shirt is actually made out of flowers? No, it's a floral print. Well, then it's, it's not literally. literally. How many print. times have we been through this? In how many countries of the world? What? We need to explain this to the audience, okay? Oh. Vinny doesn't like people using the word literally, ever. But clearly... Back it up, back it up. Hang on, hang on. No, no, I will will not accept you coming on this show and bulldozing over me and saying Vinny doesn't like it ever. (laughs) I love the word literally when used in the original context of the word. I use it properly. Which is to differentiate towards metaphor and literal existence. So do not say that I don't like the word. I love the word as I I love all words. I've never heard you use it. I haven't heard you use it and ever, or embrace me for using it. You've just always been a negative Nancy about me using the word literally. No, but once again, you fail to uh, see the difference. You don't use it correctly. If I do, I do. You don't. I am literally wearing a floral print shirt. I am. Text your hatred to Amanda on seven ten ten, and I'll read out the most hateful scorn ones. No, listen, Amanda. No. Here's the difference. Let me just do this nice and calmly, without any shouty shouty, and just nice and methodically. Then, after I finish speaking, you can verbally attack me and castigate me for my incorrect flaws. <laughs> so, if one says literally, one doesn't need to say it. It has become, in modern use, a slight for the younger generation, the millennials, a way to accentuate a point. But it is ultimately purposeless in the fa- in the way that you use it. What it was designed for was to point out the difference between the metaphorical sense of a story and the literal sense. For example, I uh, was dragged through a hedge backwards. If you actually genuinely were dragged through a hedge backwards, you would say, I was literally dragged through a hedge backwards. Do you understand? Okay, can I talk now? Am I allowed to Am I allowed yes. to speak? Please do. Okay, first off, I would like to say, you're blaming this on millennials, but all of your friends who 
I, in your age group, also use the word literally, as we as we know and as we've acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Second of all, the way I was using to differentiate it is that I could have said the words, I'm wearing floral shorts and running around New York, and you wouldn't know if I was wearing a floral shirt right now. Hang on, hang on, no, let's, let's explore that shirt. point. Let's explore that point. You're saying that if you didn't use the word literally, I might have thought that yeah. you metaphorically were wearing a floral shirt. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that they might have thought that I was, maybe I was talking about it in more of a general sense, like wearing a floral shirt, like I want to or I have in the past. So you're saying that if it wasn't for the, your use of the word, I am literally wearing a floral shirt, I wouldn't have understood that you were wearing a floral shirt. Yeah, but I'm running, so if I said I'm running around New York with floral shirts, or if I said I'm literally wearing a floral shirt. Okay, let's be very specific. Very, very definite question here. I'm going to ask it for the third and final time. If you hadn't have said the word literally, do you think that I wouldn't have understood that you were wearing a floral shirt? (laughs) Yes or no? I just feel like like if I said the word literally, you, you really do picture me in a floral shirt. Are you Sean Spicer? It's yes or no? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you would have thought. I don't know what you would have... I don't know what goes on that brain of Vinnie White. I don't. I really don't. Let's move on. When are you back, darling? I'm back on Tuesday. Um, I will be on the radio with you in person next week, will I? Yes. Oh, in okay. person. Good. All right. I'm going to bring a guest in who works for the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you alone or have you got friends down there? Uh, No, I'm just solo. And uh, just because we talked about it last week, just before you go, in a nutshell, you don't have to talk about it at great length, but could you just say, did the date go okay last week? No, it went horribly. Oh, no. What happened? Can you talk about that just briefly? (laughs) Am I I allowed to say what happened on the air? I don't even know. As long as you don't mention any names, yeah. No, the, okay, I won't mention the name. I won't. Mm. Just keep in mind, this is our first date, Vinny White. Mm. And the guy said he wanted to eat a steak off half my ass and eat Skittles off the other side. <laughs> How long did it take him to get this, this point is in? Story. Is that like his opening line? <laughs> no, he saved that. He saved us like a little punchline. So he, in a, in a he sense... He there will not be a second date. Yeah. He wants to eat a steak off one buttock and a packet of Skittles off the other buttock. Yeah, yeah, you got it. I mean, he just doesn't appreciate gravity and uh, the the staying power of Skittles. You'd need to gel your bum Maybe to support them. Maybe that works for some guys, though. Does that work on girls? I mean, I, I don't know. Text in 71010 <laughs> if, if that line would work on you, because... Amanda, you are opening Pandora's box. If the text is, would you like to eat a steak off Amanda's buttocks? (laughs) You really do not want to know the answer because yes or no is not good news. (laughs) How to invite stalkers by Amanda. I don't know. We'll ask Pat. He's a bloke. He's single. Would you like to, not Amanda, but imagine someone very attractive like Amanda. Skittles off one buttock, steak off the other. Sounds like a waste of all three. (laughs) I just got Vinny to spit take. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. I'm not even going to comment on this. This conversation needs to be over. I don't like any kind of food mixed up with my sex. Perfectly good ass on its own. Perfectly good steak on its own. Perfectly good Skittles on its own. They're all fine. My God. What has happened? Imagine if you just tuned in, right, and you read on our website, (laughs) in-depth 
Radio, News Talk 1010. And you tune into Pat going, I like my ass on its own. I like my steak on its own. Could we be more, any more lowbrow than we've currently sunk? <clears throat> oh, dear. This is not our fault. This is the fault of the single men that are in the Toronto dating scene. We realise that, right? I just want to... Did you find him on an app? Sorry? Did you find him on an app? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I did. Bottom of the barrel, innit, those people? You deserve better, darling. We'll get you a nice, shining example Thanks. of a man. Don't you worry. You'll Maybe only... one day. Yeah. yeah. I want someone classy, you know? Someone that would eat a vegetable yeah. casserole off one buttock and maybe caviar off the other, you know? Right, that's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. Thank you so much for coming on. Sorry I gave you a hard time. Love you lots. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Amanda Capito there, live from New York. Sorry about the slight delay on the line. And uh, and or our argumentative nature and, and uh, ability to talk over each other. It was quite good radio, but, you know, could use some work. I'll promise to do better next time. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. I hope you enjoyed Earth Day. And uh, I must say, I did enjoy quite a lot of the signs that were being paraded around, particularly here in Toronto. Um, I, I saw it come past the cafe that I was sitting in, the uh, the science parade. And uh, a lot of people with a very similar agenda, basically just to get facts more respected, really, in the age of, of dying respect for any facts or the dying uh, existence of any facts. So um, there was some great, great stuff that went on during the march of various scientists on Earth Day. And uh, some of my favourite signs were uh, Make America Logical Again, uh, got polio? Me neither. Thanks, science. Uh, I also quite like this one. Zero one one zero one one zero one one zero 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 one. You get it? Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not LOL, but it's a it's a quality bit of binary. Um, another sign that I saw: keep your tiny hands off our data. And um, <laughs> I just because scientists aren't like natural protesters, right? So some of them were just playing on that. You know things are bad, said one sign. You know things are bad when I'm here. I'm an introvert. <laughs> so fair play. And uh, uh, underwater photographs some marine biologists in just off the coast of uh, Micronesia who were photographed with various signs supporting the science movement. So good for you guys. And one of my favourites, Free Galileo. Um, I think he's had that sign for a while, but... Uh, I see where you're going. Uh, I don't know if it really worked on Trump. Nothing really does, does it? But it's worth a bash, I suppose. Um, literally a bash, if you understand what I mean. Uh, this week, Italian Prime Minister v uh, visited Trump in the White House to discuss a G7 meeting. Uh, did you hear about that? That was great. It's just another stream of unbelievable moments. This time, uh, Trump appears to have said two things. Um, it, when talking about the significance of Italian culture, he said... Uh, that Lucino Pavarotti was a friend of mine, quote, a great friend of mine. Um, but he didn't say it in the past tense, assuming, therefore, that he's still alive, uh, although he actually died in 2002. Also, let's let him off and say that he meant to say he was a great friend of mine. Trump meant to say that he was a great friend of mine. Um, but it's not apparent that the two ever met before Pavarotti's sad death from pancreatic cancer. However... 
way back, just after the millennium, Trump hired Pavarotti for a concert at one of his Atlantic City casinos. And after an allegedly lacklustre performance, Trump demanded a refund. <laughs> Pavarotti. Oh, he's always been known as lacklustre. It's amazing. I know. Pavarotti's widow uh, would also probably disagree with the president's claims. Last year, the family of the late singer asked Trump to stop using the singer's music at his rallies. In a statement, the widow said, as members of his immediate family, we would like to recall that the values of brotherhood and solidarity which Luciano Pavarotti expressed throughout the course of his artistic career are entirely incompatible with the worldview offered by the candidate, Donald Trump. Donald Trump says, no, he was a great friend of mine. It's almost as if we can't believe what he says. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thank you, Pat. I'm afraid to say to Dave Eddy, who will be in in a moment, I spat tea all over the desk in a comedic moment, but I will mop it up. Hopefully you can deal with my... disgusting antics. Um, thanks so much for coming, uh, for listening even. And if you are in the studio, thanks for coming. And I'll see you next week. Take care.